This episode of On the Hop News is brought to you by Thinking Baseball, the only educational baseball app for coaches and players that allows users to see, hear, and touch the plays as they happen. Narrated by a legendary baseball broadcaster, Pat Hughes, and powered by a groundbreaking database, Thinking Baseball puts you on the diamond. Whether you're the cutoff man on a hit to the outfield or the first baseman trailing the batter on a sure double, everyone on the field has a job to do on every play. Learn to do it better with Thinking Baseball. Visit thinkingbaseball.com or download the free app from the Apple Store or Google Play today. It's time to get your head in the game. Today is May 3rd, 2019, and this is Friday's edition of On the Hop. Good morning, good morning, baseball enthusiasts. Welcome to On The Hop, a daily baseball podcast focused on delivering up-to-date news from around the league. Another week done and another Friday to rejoice. Let's get to it and enjoy the weekend. I stumbled upon an interesting article about a day or two ago, and here is its premise. How baseball analytics have put players at risk. Writing for the New York Post, Joel Sherman postulates that the MLB's recent focus on the retaliatory hit-by-pitch is not the actual hit-by-pitch the league needs to be concerned with. He has this to say, Ultimately, MLB and the Players Association can agree to legislate against the retaliatory hit-by-pitch with stiffer penalties directed at pitchers deemed to purposely throwing at hitters. Rules can be written to counter archaic unwritten rules. But what to do about the ever-increasing total of hit-by-players in general? He continues with what he contends is valid evidence. Plunkings are up for the fourth straight year. There were 1,602 in 2015, and through April, the pace is for 2,046 this year. That would be roughly 15 extra hit-by-pitches occurred per team from 2015 to 2019. So when you see, for example, Robinson Cano hit on the hand twice in 10 days and think, am I seeing stuff like this more often? The answer is, you bet, end quote. Now, who is the culprit? For this increase in hit-by-pitches in player safety, you ask. Well, Sherman has an answer for that as well. Modern analytics. I'll give you one quick example as to why Sherman is coming to this conclusion, and then I actually want to direct your attention back to the article in the show notes. Basically, with the increased focus on launch angle, along with analytics pushing for pitchers to raise their pitch velocity, one counter move that pitchers are instructed to attempt is to throw the ball up above the swing, which can be interpreted as up and into the hitter. Again, I quote Sherman, So hard throwers who don't know where the ball is going, due to an emphasis on velocity rather than control, are being told to throw the ball up and near the body line of the player. Miss by a few inches, and you go from the body line to the body. Now, I'm not completely sold on all aspects of modern analytics, but for those of you that are, give this piece a read. Read whenever you can. There's no such thing as too much knowledge. According to Yahoo Sports, former Seattle Mariners catcher Mike Marjama, who retired last year, was suspended by Major League Baseball on Thursday for using performance-enhancing drugs. If you've never heard of him, because I certainly have it, he retired rather abruptly last July due to wanting to help those with eating disorders rather than play baseball. Okay, nothing wrong with that. He himself struggled with an eating disorder. I get it. Due to his retirement, after only playing 10 games in the majors and 8 in the minors, it makes sense that his name popping up would be random, for lack of a better term. I'll let Marjama's statement provided by the MLBPA provide the context. I have decided to apply to the commissioner for reinstatement from the voluntary retire list. Over the past year, I've had the privilege of traveling the country and sharing my story with others that are suffering from eating disorders and other mental health challenges. By having honest dialogues with survivors and their families across the country, I knew that I had to be truthful to myself and how much I miss baseball. 
While I did not knowingly take any banned substance, I am responsible for what goes in my body. Following the commissioner's announcement today, I plan to serve my suspension without appeal. Marjima tested positive for oxandrolone, a PED found in only three other people in the history of MLB's drug testing protocol. He has been suspended 80 games. So the story is a bit misleading. And I say that because I assume that a player got handed a punishment years after leaving the game. That's how I interpreted the term retired. I do think this term gets thrown around too much. In my opinion, when a player leaves the game to do something else with his career, regardless of what it is, I consider that quitting. He quit baseball. He resigned. Retired usually implies no longer working for a career or finished participating in the workforce. Maybe I'm the jaded one, but Marjima was wanting to be reinstated. He wanted his old job back. I just don't equate that with the historical use of the word retired. Either way, he'll have to wait until the middle of July to come out of retirement. Injured list updates. According to Bleacher Report, the Chicago White Sox placed starting pitcher Carlos Rodon on the 10-day injured list Thursday due to left elbow inflammation. Pitcher Lucas Giolito was activated in a corresponding roster move and will start Thursday night's game against the Red Sox. White Sox manager Rick Renteria says that Rendon has struggled with blisters this season. He has something he's always dealing with. Rendon gave one comment about his injury. If it's Tommy John, so be it. Well, I think that wraps this story up. Larry Brown Sports reports that Atlanta Braves are set to get Josh Donaldson back this weekend. Donaldson has not played since Monday due to a sore right calf, and Braves skipper said that Donaldson should be good to go for the weekend. Braves head into a 10-game road trip, so having one of their stars back is definitely a positive note. Let's hope he can stay off the injured list. Those calf injuries tend to linger. Yahoo Sports says that the LA Angels plan to activate Shoei Itani to hit before they return to Anaheim from a road trip on May 17th. Since Itani is not permitted to pitch until the 2020 season, he can focus on giving support to a struggling Angels lineup. The Angels currently sit in fourth place in the AL West at 14-17, and 17, and Mike Trout could use the protection. According to Sportsnaut, a month after he suffered a broken right index finger after getting hit by a pitch, national star shortstop Trey Turner might be nearing the first big step to a return. Turner is now reportedly ahead of schedule in his recovery, which is great news for a team in need of a boost. He is likely to return to Washington's lineup in about two or three weeks. After a crazy month of April, where it seems like every day four or five players went on the injured list, it's good to see that settling down a bit so we can watch some of the best players in baseball actually play the game. Quick takes. MLB Trade Rumors reports that the Nationals have fired pitching coach Derek Liliquist. He has only been the Nationals pitching coach for just over a year after he was dismissed by the Cardinals. The Nationals are apparently disappointed, and rightfully so, with the Nationals starting rotation as well as their bullpen. Sitting at 13-17, and 17, the front office felt the change was necessary. Several news outlets have reported that the main concern with Liliquist was a lack of preparedness. Not sure how well that can be proven, but they must have seen something that you or I have not. I mean, it is their clubhouse. Either way, Paul Menhart will be taking over and was chosen because he's hands-on and analytical. It's good to know that those are the only requirements when seeking a big paycheck. David Hill over at carlopen.com says, With their third loss by 10 or more runs in a four-game stretch, the Seattle Manors accomplished a feat that has not been seen since 1890. He continues, Heading into April 30th, the Seattle Mariners were flying high. They led the American League West and were one of the biggest surprises in baseball. But the regression has come quickly. Since their last victory on April the 29th, the Mariners have lost four games in a row, with three of those defeats coming by 10 or more runs. The last time that happened was in 1890 by the Philadelphia A's and the now-defunct American Association. They still sit in second place in the AL West, only half a game back from Houston at 18 and 15. Maybe they can right the ship. Probably not. When they lose, they lose bad. And that's not good for morale, especially as the season progresses. According to ESPN, Nationals right-hander Steven Strasburg reached 1,500 strikeouts and fewer innings pitched than any player in Major League history. Strasburg got opposing pitcher Dakota Hudson looking in the fifth inning for his eighth strikeout of the game and the 1,500 of his career. 
He reached the total in 1,272 in the third innings. Chris Sale had the previous record when he hit 1,500 strikeouts in 2017 after 1,290 innings. What's really impressive is Strasburg has missed a significant amount of time due to injury, as well as the national staff strictly controlling his innings. Still rolling with ESPN, on Thursday afternoon, New York Mets righty Noah Syndergaard threw a 1-0 shutout of the Cincinnati Reds, the one coming on his own opposite field home run. ESPN columnist Sam Miller said that his buddy, Russ, whoever that is, refers to this feat as a true win. This is what a true win requires. The pitcher must complete the game, i.e. he doesn't require any other member of the pitching staff to get outs, and he must have more home runs than runs allowed, i.e. he didn't require any other member of the lineup to contribute. Someone needs to channel their inner Pat Riley, who trademarked the term three-peat to be licensed in certain industries, and filed that claim for true win. Hmm. Guys suddenly have to make a call. According to the MILB website, Atlanta Braves prospect Nolan Kingham only needed 85 pitches to make franchise history. Kingham pitched the first complete game in team history as Class A Advanced Florida defeated Lakeland 2-0. But that's not the impressive part of the narrative. He accomplished his feat in only 96 minutes, an hour and 36 minutes. Here's what Kingham had to say. It was a pretty fast-paced game, but I didn't realize how quick it was until I looked at my phone after the game and it said it was like 7.44 p.m. We ended before the sunset in like two hours and 10 minutes, and I'm like, dang, that was quick. As I was shaking everyone's hand, I saw the sun, and I'm like, sheesh, that was a pretty quick game. Being able to go to an evening baseball game and still be in bed before 8 p.m., sign me up. Larry Brown Sports reports, and I quote, one of the greatest golfers of all time sent a gift to one of the greatest baseball players of all time. According to media members covering the LA Angels, Mike Trout had a long box by his locker inside Angel Stadium on Thursday. Trout says he's never met Woods before, but I'm sure he doesn't mind the free gift. I don't imagine they were regulation putt-putt clubs either. Although, I do wonder what a professional set of miniature golf clubs would cost, or if they even exist, or if I'd be too embarrassed to own them. And a quick story from datebook.com. Yes, datebook. I'm at that point in my life. Publicity stills from Toy Story 4 were released this week, revealing that a new character in the Pixar movie is... Ricky Henderson? The article goes on to say that the news was first reported late Wednesday on the Twitter feed of Chronicle A's beat reporter Susan Slusser. The plot of Toy Story 4 involves a road trip in an antique shop, and the new image, Woody seems to look worried, flanked by Bo Peep and some other toys. The smiling ball player is in a pose similar to Henderson's arms-in-the-air celebration after surpassing Lou Brock atop the all-time stolen base list. The coolest thing about it, in my opinion, is it's not just a figurine. He comes in the form of a bobblehead. Everyone who loves baseball loves a good bobblehead. Man, what a week. That'll do it for me. Thanks so much for tuning in to Friday's edition of On The Hop News. And as you go into your weekend, undoubtedly coaching or even playing some hardball, please keep this in mind. Running a ball club is like raising kids who fall out of trees. Talk with you Monday. I'm out.